Well, hello guys, thank you for tuning back into another episode of Journalists. <laughs> the what? The what? See, bro, I am I'm an Arsenal fan. I don't say definitely. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Take two. Okay, let's go. Hi everyone. It's Adi representing the United Half of this rivalship. Thanks for joining but why us. Why is the United Half? Yes, because okay. I don't want to be affiliated with anything Arsenal. It's it's, it's it, like that's it. Like. I, I do you get like it's just crazy that you're even still a fan. I just think you're upset because you get the pen this weekend. But okay. Hello everyone and welcome back to Devil's Gone. This is our fourth episode. I ha- I, hope, I hope everyone had a good Bowls weekend. The name of this episode is Off to Europe with Twenty Fourth Love. You know, we just finished March Day Twenty Four, Valentine's weekend. Our clubs are going to play in Europe this week, so we just came up with that. Twister. Mm. So, uh, before we go into football, how was your Val's weekend? Man? What did you get up to? Yeah, it was it was a decent time, a decent weekend. We don't really celebrate Valentine's Day over here, but you know, it was it was a good excuse to go see my girl and you know just hang with her. We just went out for lunch, really. You know. And, yeah, I don't understand. What do you mean you don't really celebrate Val's Day over here? Well, it's a capitalist holiday, isn't it? Okay. And besides, you don't, you don't need, you don't need, you don't need, like, you don't need a special day to, you know, just like, exactly, so, yeah. You should show love every day, but it's Valentine's Day, man. Oh, yeah, well, then there's also her birthday, there's my birthday, there's Christmas Day, there's Easter holiday, so, you know. We can use those uh, any of those days as the excuse to, you know. You have all these days in mind, man. Sounds like you love to have a girlfriend. <laughs> well, it is. It is a lot to have a girlfriend, bro. It is a lot to have a girlfriend. Not, not really financially, but just like mentally. But anyways, this podcast is not about having girlfriends. It's about football. And before we get into football, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who, you know, takes the time out to let us know what we're doing right or what we're doing wrong because we're not perfect and we're always trying to improve and i really appreciate the feedback on last episode's introduction thank you thank you thank you very much yeah so let's so let's dive in yeah first thing we have to bring in the up. this is like third week running we have Another racial incident of football. Yeah, so. Uh, Ashal has been consistent. Yes, he's very consistent. And um, seems like the United fans have got on his back. Um, I don't, you see, the thing is, know? like, I don't, I don't consider those kind of people. I don't think those, those are fans. You know, even, even us, even people like ourselves who aren't. Okay, let me not say ourselves, but like other Caucasian fans who um, who aren't pleased with Martial's performances don't resort to sort like to such like barbaric barbaric ways of you know expressing their you know distaste in his recent performances. Uh, I think it's crazy because you know, like social media accounts clearly, clearly, clearly uh, aren't doing enough, um, you know, 
it's crazy that it's taking them so long to like i mean like okay like i was reading an article and the article basically said that facebook just announced last week that it would um it would um block accounts indefinitely for repeated racial offenses and i'm like no you should block it after the first time because you don't give that person remember when i was talking about taking them away to be re-educated before they are reintroduced to society this is why you don't give someone that chance and it's clear that their priorities aren't that right there's definitely definitely you know like social media companies like i like i told like if if you're streaming something on twitter like the live premiership game yeah your feed gets taken instantly yeah you know because there's money involved but for some reason when um someone tweets racist remarks like it is there you know what i would say months if it doesn't become my incident it'll be there for months yeah they they're not they're not uh, doing enough. That's just the truth, and it's just crazy. And I think um, the offenders it's almost like cry for attention at this point. You know, they just they they I feel like they just they want to be on the news, and they say stupid shit on Twitter. All because, time, yeah. yeah, yeah. How many of them can actually come out to actually say this stuff? They can't. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just. Um, I just wish like I just wish this. This media, this media companies would do better. I just wish they'd do better. You know, I wish like the whole world really needs to do better. And and like I, I just finished wa- watching like this weekend. I I had the chance to watch um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, uh, the the. So- I don't know if I just watched that movie. Yes. Yeah, and um, the actor um. Daniel Kaluuya, yeah, he he gave this interview about you know like I can't remember what the interview was for particularly, but there was there was a bit of the interview where they were talking about racism and you know he was talking about how people keep asking him about racism and how they should go about tackling it, and he's like, why are you asking me? And I really resonated with that because it's fact, people. People don't understand that black people have been talking about racism for so long, you know, and yet they still like, don't you understand? We're the ones like black people are the ones being abused. You, you don't go to, and, and I think this was an example you gave in the interview. You don't go to someone who's been robbed as the police and ask the person, oh, how do we stop you from being robbed? That just doesn't make any fucking sense. Do you get? It? It's just, and I just feel like I think a lot of black people are just fed up about because like, it's 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 the same thing with feminism. It's the same thing with just a bunch of other shit. You you can easily just educate yourself. You know, all you really have to do is educate yourself. And for the people who refuse to be educated, well, then they should be punished and severely. That's just how I feel about it. But anyways, what do I know, right? Definitely, just it's a sad incident. But yeah, moving. How much do you see the news with the with who? The guy from Crystal Palace. I want taking the lead from Zaha. Like yeah, I yeah. I feel like taking the point. I don't. 
Bro, bro, we spoke like it's we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Remember, I told you about how I think the message behind taking the knee has been like. Let me not see. Uh, okay, you see, the thing is, taking the knee. I understand why people are still doing it. You know, you 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 want to show, especially in these times that you are still committed to it. I just feel like if you if you, I mean, look at. Ka- Colin Kaepernick, he he didn't stop taking the knee. I bet if that guy was still in the NFL, he'd still be taking the knee. It's just a commitment to the cause, you know. But I I just feel like with the fact that there's so much still not being done, it just sort of like dilutes the message that taking the knee stands for. I I think that's I think that's it. And I'm not surprised that some like if some black people, if some black players say they don't want to take the knee anymore because they just feel like no one's getting, like not really no one's getting the message, but really what difference is it making? They just want to like in the league, taking the knee in the Premier League is like it's a prop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because what, like what what real policies are they putting it's in, in place? place? Exactly. Exactly. Do you, do you get it? And it's with everyone, not just the Premier League, with everyone. What are, what what are you really doing? It is it's like it reminds me of Nigeria. Oh, we set up a judicial panel. All right, cool. But hey, let's go open the LCC, huh? Like what? what, what? <sighs> we still have a long way to go. Long way to go. And I remember you, yeah. you, you, you the first time we spoke about racism on this pod. You said it. We still have a very long way to go. But yeah, let's uh let's move on to. Football. Let's move on to so football. And and I love it. Yeah. Oh, yes. We talk about your game. Now before going to football, let's talk about attention whores. Since we're talking about we're talking about how people do anything to get in the spotlight. Let's talk about how VAR referees will do anything to get in the spotlight. And um I wanna start off with the Gundogan penalty. And I just think and and it it that that sentiment became so evident to me after the Gundogan penalty was awarded because Gundogan fouled um, Hoiberg. I don't know if you agree or not, but if you see the replay, you see that Gundogan stepped on his Achilles, and as a result, Hoiberg went to the ground, and there was contact to Gundogan's knee, and he went to the ground as well. And Dermot Gallagher actually said the referee got that right var got that right and even though gundigan stepped on hoiberg it was a penalty and i was just like i think at that point i got up and just walked away because i was just like what's the point of watching i don't know if you saw it and what your view is on it uh so i think me personally it looked off there was something wrong with how you know there's sometimes when it's just the eye test, okay? It doesn't it didn't feel like the penalty. Yeah. It did not feel like the penalty. Yeah. And it, it, it was clear from the guy miscontrolled the ball. He, he got his football ball messed up when Okubai wanted to, to drag back. Yeah. And he kind of he mistakenly hits Herberg. Yeah. I hope I said that right. No, you didn't. It's Hoiberg. It's Hoiberg. It's Hoiberg. Um, <laughs> So I think I think so. What the argument is was the contact strong enough 
was coming with force. Okay, he was coming with a lot of force. So was Gunigan's contact strong enough to deter him from not making the foul? Bro, he stepped on his Achilles. What was stronger than that? That is, that is the only argument I think you can make. Like, are you sure you're not secretly like moonlighting as a referee because you sound like one? This is what it is. Like Joseph said, with VAR now and give some penalties. What do you call it? A modern penalty. <laughs> Did you also see the disallowed soccer? Penalty. Yeah, initially when I saw that, I, I actually thought that, oh, okay, they got it right. But then, you know, I saw it again and I was just like, you, like, you can't. The thing is, yeah, football, yeah, it's a game played and managed by humans. So there's always going to be that human error. And if you're going to in, in, implement something like VAR, stuff like the um, Bukayo Saka penalty kind of things can be happening like this that them not awarding that penalty is uh, we might as well just go back to the days without var do you get me it's, it's just it's like no 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 to be fair man i prefer football with VAR. oh no oh yeah definitely definitely i mean like you, you see how they're using the champions league it's 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 a lot better and I don't know how they're using other, like, okay, in the Spanish league, I think they use it quite well. But, you know, I think the best play, like, the best advert for VAR so far since its inception has been the Champions League. Like, look, look at the look at the Maguire penalty, okay? And no one's seen Maguire was an offside. Maguire was definitely offside. But to disallow the penalty for not being a foul i think that's just mad but i think what's here there's nothing wrong with here it's just like i always say this eh? when you start feeling like you know more than uh, your boss for example or your, your supervisor or someone that's meant to be a professional mm. you kind of lose faith mm in them yeah. know, that is what some of these mistakes are so so deep blurring like yeah. they're really head head scratches like the one how was that not an offside like exactly is that should like that 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 <laughs> should have been the call it should have been ruled out for offside but to, but to not see that you're ruling it out for not being a foul is like you said head scratcher Head scratcher. I don't get it, man. It's I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And and I really like the way um Social puts it. It, it. It's like there has to be consistency. There really, really has to be consistency. And and I like I know why he says that, especially in the case of the West Brom game, because like a couple of weeks ago. VAR ruled out a Maguire goal for it being a foul. Meanwhile, Maguire just towers over someone to hit the ball. But then, if if that's the energy you're coming with for that, then it should... The thing with refereeing decisions is there has to be consistency. So if you're going to give that for, for not being a goal, then you're going to 
and i'm not saying in fact we'll get to the analysis of that when we get there but if you're not going to then give west brom that goal for what probably was even worse physical contact than the Maguire one at Burnley, then it just doesn't make any sense. They really, really needs to be this consistency that they get into as referees, fourth officials or VAR operators or whatever. That's just it. But anyways, let's let's get into the games, man. Let's let's start off with the fifth round FA Cup game. And boy, that game was hard to watch. Oh boy. Oh boy. I can't I can't believe I actually watched the entire game. It was I think the only reason I watched the entire game was because we were probably we just have to talk about it. And you know highlights don't really do justice. And that game was hard to watch. It it wasn't Okay, first of all, Donny van der Beek needs he needs game time. If you're going to put him in and expect him to perform, he needs game time. He needs to find his feet. I, I feel like we're watching what happened to Fred happen to Donny. Only difference is this time it's Solskjaer isn't going to freeze him out like Mourinho froze Fred out of the team. Yeah, it was ugh, it, it was disgusting to watch. Positives, we're able to grind out a result because if we went to penalties, you know anything could happen. Then also another positive, Scott McSauce scored again. So hey, at least there are positives. Scott um, what? McSauce, McSauce, McSauce. Get used to it, okay? He scored again. And and that was good, man. That was really good. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. I know. Uh, please go on. Go on. But yeah, um, apart from that, man. I just embarrassing the, the devils have for this podcast. That's I see no embarrassment here because at least we're still in the FA Cup. I mean, we're going to move on from this to the Premier League because you guys couldn't put on your big boy pants to get through to the fifth round. But anyways, yeah, it was it was just really it was slow. It wasn't you know there was no zest in our play. Um, I thought it'd have been nice to see Ahmad Diallo though, but you know we didn't get to do that, so we might have to wait. But yeah, it was damn it was hard to watch. But hey, we're we're on to the quarterfinals trip to Wembley against a really good Leicester side. So should be an interesting game. But yeah, let's, let's move to the Premier League, man. Match week 24. Arsenal leads. Uh, this game, this game was crazy. Like lead for the first half and a bit, then turn up. Mm. Uh, Arsenal were electric. I think uh, starting with Bamiyang paid off up front because Leeds they press very hard and they will they will leave a lot of space. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually disagree with you there. I don't think um your success in that game has as much to do with your 
your forwards not that i'm saying they didn't score or anything or they didn't create to play i actually think um arteta won that game tactically i think yeah the way he set his team out to play uh, nullified the leads man-to-man press because what he did was um he got the fullbacks to push up really high and what that does is uh you know it, it gets the leads wingers it pushes them back so their their press in the front isn't as effective and because they only play w- one striker your center backs really you guys have to thank your center backs your center backs can push forward and as a result that that person in the leads midfield that is responsible for either man marking sabias a man marking jaka you know, steps off to help um, Bamford with the press. And Luis can play the ball in. And you, you're passing, you're zesty, you know. So, yeah, I think your centre-backs really played a huge role in how you were able to create spaces in behind enough for your attackers to exploit. Your centre-halves and your midfield, Odegaard, even Xhaka, and Sabayos, honestly, they so so the whole team played well. That's what they're trying to see. Yeah, well, yeah, my jury for me, jury to still help with Bellerin for me. I, you know, like I said, if if I was even telling a friend this weekend. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think one thing I really took from the game was just how we had like three technically great and creative midfielders behind our striker. Like, mm. we haven't seen that in a while. Like, this yes. is Wenger days, man. It, it, felt, it felt like we had, like, Bullshit, Fabregas, Wazinski, Nashri, all those kind of cute, technically brilliant players mm. just pop into the pockets and... Yeah, I and mean, you know... Creating chances and... Mama and Fed. Yeah, Fed off of it. Yeah. You see, like the thing is, like, I don't know why it took you so long to get there because I think you had the players. I mean, okay, fair enough, you brought you brought in Odegaard. Fair enough, Smith Rowe has made it into the team and he brings a lot of energy. He's honestly my favorite Arsenal player right now. Um But it's clear that y- you guys before you got Odegaard, you guys had Mesozil. So, you know, with Smith Rowe's energy and running, with Z- and Saka's energy and running, you know, like, it just, I just don't see how, why Arsenal couldn't play like this prior to now. I think it's so weird that it, it's good to see that. It's just, I hope, I hope you find a replacement for Odegaard because I like the way he's he's fits into the team, and I hope you can find a replacement for him when Real Madrid come calling. Yeah. Or see, I think Madrid are ready to sell. I don't if, know. if Zidane stays, Zidane's not. Although staying. that that's very unlikely. Zidane's not. Staying. I know he Madrid is broke, and they need to sell some assets. Okay, they already said Subias is twenty two mil. Mm. Now, depending on how great uh, Odegaard's six months cameo is, mm. 
because obviously we didn't agree any fee with Patrick. The problem is, if he really has a good campaign, mm. we might have to enter the bidding war with other primary clubs, and yeah. that will push his price up. Yeah. So, I don't think two things. Yeah, I don't think Zidane is staying. I think they've made it made that clear, especially with the way he's not really infusing the youth into the Madrid setup. So, you know, I think Odegaard's loan was just to give him football. I think that's just it, which is a little bit unfortunate for you guys. It really. I think, I think if if he really has a good season, if Ceballos is twenty-two million, mm. and it's been quoted, mm. I don't think Odegaard would be more than thirty, or maybe with twenty-five. That actually, I'm sure they will set their sights on someone like Pogba or something. If if there's no interested in him, mm. but, but yeah, it was it was a really good game. Yeah, it was, it was. very very good game. Also, he ended badly yeah. when William came in and we considered two goals. <laughs> um, it should it have been frustrating because they should have gotten a penalty. But yeah. hey, that happens. Okay. Um. So yeah, moving on to the to the injuries in your squad, you know, with Pate and Tierney. Uh, what's going What's going on with that? Because, you know, Europe, European competitions are back, you know, it's, it's, it's still, like, it's business end of the, you know, the footballing season, you know. Well, the thing is, with the injuries, like, I don't know, we, these guys are, like, two of our, more important players in the team. Mm. Like there's a clear upgrade when parties come in, plays in midfield, and there's no replacement for Tikani at the moment. You know, was way better than Show, if I must say. But mm-hmm. um, Show is sitting up in um, second. We just have recurring injuries. I don't know. Partizan is like really strange because they never had any injury before coming to Arsenal, and it's not that many injuries, but I don't know whether it's pushing himself too hard or our medical team is just crap. Well, you said it, we, I didn't. Or we, or we really need to, uh, we need to sort it out because we need him for the European games, but yeah. we're getting to the business end of the season and we need our best players. Yeah. Because obviously, with those guys, those guys, those guys are like our top, top three, top four best players in us right now. So mm. uh, we do not, have, we do not have the millions. You know, my United have to waste, so yeah. we have to, we have to be lucky with injuries, if I must say. Oh. But yeah, man. How about your game? Yeah, with, the the West Bromwich Albion game. You see, like I like our listeners to know that when I say the truth lives here, I mean that. Because uh, our last episode when we covered Matrix 23 and, you know, we're talking about the FA Cup game. I remember telling you I was more confident at the West Ham game than I was at the West Brom game. And, you know, I mean, look at the results. Um, 
you know, like, it, it just shows that, you know, okay, let me start with the positives, okay? You know, I really actually want to give, like, I want to shine a spotlight on uh, our wing backs, you know, our right backs, our left backs, our full backs. Um, I think Alex Tellers has really helped Luke Shore, you know, competition is, is, is a really good way of, you know, making sure that the guys in your team are playing to the highest level. I mean, Wan-Bissaka is pretty much irreplaceable, but it's good to know that Brandon Williams can come in on short notice and still fill the shoes. You know, even when Tellers is on, he might not be the paciest or, you know, the strongest, but he does give us that really good attacking threat. And defensively, you know, he's not, he's not so bad, you know. It's something that can be improved on. Um, but, yeah, concerning the negative sides, which there seem to be a lot of, I think it just shows that, you know, we don't have winners um, or we don't have a lot of winners within the team. Um, I think it was a very, very poor start. I mean, it's a very poor start. Two minutes. Oh, you guys are a one-man team. I think it's that simple. Though. No, we're not a one-man team. I just don't think. Bruno Fernandez doesn't fire. Well, or clearly he fired, game. even when he didn't or really have game. a great t- game. Or he game fired. He give you a what else? What else can you guys do? Uh, Richard, if you're going to come at me, come at me with better jabs and at least climb up the table. Anyways, um, I don't think it has to, anything to do with the fact that we're a one-man team. I think it's more to do with the fact that a lot of other players aren't really pulling up their big boy pants. They're not they're not really stepping up to the party. You know, like I mean Fred big boys. So what? It's 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 Granite Xhaka that's a big boy. It's David Luiz that's a big boy. It's Leno the Witless Wonder that's a big boy. Yeah, because he fouls like an idiot. He has no football brain. Sometimes he might the, the the courts might spark and he might do something decent, but please. Anyways, back to the analysis of it. Like I said, if you're gonna come you after me, if you're going to come after me, come after me with better jibes, honestly. Um yeah, you know, it's it's a poor start. You can't you can't concede in two minutes. I don't care where you are, home or away, you can't concede in two minutes. And I think, like, I do think that that was a foul on Victor Lindelof. This guy has his hand um, draped all over his shoulder and his chest and his other hand literally on his face. I don't understand how that isn't a foul. You should argue, yeah, you can argue, yes, fair enough, because take nothing away from, you know, his defensive lapses. He should be in a better position there. He's a center back. You you should be in a better position there. You should be challenging for that successfully. And even though he does foul you, like you should still be challenging for that. Again, like the man the man you like, like, sorry. Like, See, for, this is a contact sport for Okay, okay, Richard. Richard, 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 I'm not gonna get into this with you because this is just bullshit. This is your, this is your, um, this is your 
rivalry bullshit because like if we're going to talk about what is and what isn't a foul <laughs> no, I'm actually no like if it. we're going to talk no, about what is foul. and what isn't a foul then go back to the david lewis scenario and admit that the whole lead up to what happened was justified for the penalty and even by the law for the red card richard he had his hands he had his hands he had his hands he had his hands over his eyes and like literally on his face and on his shoulder like over his shoulder like again and it goes back to the consistency thing that has been given that has been I given numerous was, times. I think that was like I actually think that was dope, no so. Allah. If that's what you think, no Allah. But the truth is, it was a foul. It was a foul. I don't care what anyone says. Like, like football is a contact sport. Fair enough. But like, there's there's a limit. There's a limit to what the contacts can be. Like, how the hell do you have your arms draped over another player like that, and it's not a foul? I don't get it. I, I honestly don't get it, but hey, I'm not the referee. I'm just a fan trying to make a successful podcast. But yeah, take nothing away from Lindelof's defensive lapses. He should be in a better position um, on that play. Definitely should be in a better position on that play. But yeah, the whole team didn't, it didn't, they, they didn't really perform. And like, I don't think anyone is going to talk about it, but I think Rashford is in a bit of a a slump. Martial offered us nothing. In game after game, we see Cavani do the center forward thing with the rest of the team unable to supply him what what he needs. And it's just becoming a problem. It really is becoming a problem. You know, like Fred has, Fred has been decent this season, you know, but like on two occasions now, He's had the opportunity to, you know, step into that role to be able to dictate the pace of the game. Like, give us something close to what at least Paul Pogba gave us in the last few weeks before his injury. And he's just not been able to do it. And I just think that that's also, you know, down to, you know, pulling up your big boy pants and, um, you know, not being able to pull up your big boy pants rather than rise up to the occasion. Um, I also think that uh, Maguire got let off easily, man. Maguire got let off easily. Um, I don't know why he doesn't just play that ball back to the head to put it forward or play it out for a throwing, choose a safer, safer option. He put the hair in a really bad spot, and maybe it was down to the quality of the striker, or maybe it was down to the hair just actually being really good in that position but luckily um we didn't concede another one i think we deserve to concede another one i think we actually deserve to lose that game i think they had more clear-cut chances fair enough um their keeper was forced into two saves in the second half two or three i'm not sure but yeah then also again back to Donny. but that last save from john stone Oh that yeah, from save. from Maguire's header. Yeah, that was a beautiful. Oh save. my god! Beautiful I mean, by John Stones. I meant, I meant. That was save. beautiful. Yeah, that like was. I mean, like if you're going to, if you're going to deny, because Maguire really did really well that header. If you're going to deny the goal scoring opportunity, then yeah, 
you know, that should be the kind of save that does it. So, yeah, kudos to the guy. Really kudos to the guy. I, you know, I, I don't, I honestly don't think we deserve or we deserved anything from that game. And, you know, and, and that was another thing I took away from the game. I, I, one thing I really appreciated about Solskjaer is, is his honesty, you know. You know, and he came out and said it, you know, like he came out and said it, it was like, uh, spoke about the consistency with the referee, spoke about, you know, a few things. And he actually came out and said it, he said it, it was like, yeah, we, we didn't deserve anything from that game. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that you can be honest. And um, although I, I just think it's a little bit, it's a little bit too late now to say stuff like, oh, we're not going to let City run away with it. I felt that the time for him to big up his boys in terms of their position in the league and their ability to challenge for the title, even though they might not have um, won it, even if they, you know, they played for their lives, they might not have won it. I think that time has passed. I think you know, saying stuff like, oh, City are we're not going to let City. I think it's, it's a little bit too late for that. I think right now they should be focused on trying to maintain that second spot and, you know, shore up their place as, um, you know, runners up for this season and, you know, their chance to get back into the Champions League next season. But, yeah, man, the title is City's to to take or to lose and to be fair everyone from second to maybe 11th is fair game especially for those who have games in hand they're fair game for all the european sports that are left but now nah, the the team is um yeah the team is where they are let's move on to the next fixtures man because Europe is here. For for us, uh, Benfica. That that's, that could that's a, that could be a tricky one. Yeah, we, we have Benfica um Man City back to back. I would like, love to say, oh yeah, you guys make City drop points and make it interesting, but let's. I like to live. I think I think we give City a good game. I think we give sure you will. No, I mean you can say you we cannot lose that Benfica game. We can't well, that, that's that a tricky game. game. Our season is over, man. We cannot lose that game. That's a tricky game. The Benfica game is very, very tricky. Especially for you like you know, you guys with your season so far and I mean, even for us, man, the the Real Sociedad game is Real Sociedad game is a tricky one but i'm i'm more confident again of that game than i am for the upcoming newcastle game you know it's just what it is it's the it's the you struggle to beat teams you expected to beat isn't that just isn't that just the weirdest thing but yeah you know i i think the social sociedad game it, it could it could go either way, but um, I am I'm, I'm happy we're playing them now. If we play them at the start of the season, 
nah, definitely would have lost. They, they were in this groove at the start of the season, and they just haven't been able to get back there. You know, so I'm, I, I'm optimistic about our chances with them. But yeah, that Newcastle game, not sure at all. Not sure at all. It's if we end up losing or drawing that game, I would not be surprised. But yeah, let's to wrap up this episode. Let's talk about like FPL because I'm pretty sure if you're if you're watching football or following football, you probably have a hand in some FPL league or something. And you know who've you got in your team from the team you support. Who are you looking to bring in this week for the upcoming weekend fixtures? And who's that person you just keep in your team no matter what? Basically, my FPL has been shipped for the past month and a half. Like, around this December, I was flying. I was flying, man. I was around, like, 600 and, 600 and something thousand in the world uh, but for the past six six to eight weeks i've been struggling i've been struggling mm-hmm. so gun, i've been giving everybody points but i keep on saying the streak is going to break the streak is going to break and i keep on it keeps on surprising this mm-hmm. i basically have the choice between him or sterling and i chose sterling and i captured sterling that everybody that captain in, in my fancy league uh, group is flat. The guy got 31, 38 points. Yeah, I think so. 38 points. And he still has another game week. Like, it's yeah. not game week for City. For City, yeah. Why usually for City, I have to, to, to defend them. So they have Stones and Cancel. Mm. Uh, those guys are. I'm almost certain I go get like the clean sheet. Then mm. I have one city at Tata. Um, obviously, the easy choice is Gundogan now. Mm. But for some reason, I'm resistant. So I'm always going with the old FPL favorites like Sterling. But Sterling, Sterling has looked a bit more indecisive. But must haves. Salah and Son have been in my team from day one. Okay. okay. So, I guess their downturn in form has kind of affected Shelly Son. Because mm. Son and Spurs haven't scored in like five games. Have you seen the, have you seen the expected goals when Kane is not playing? Yeah. Like in the city. I don't know which game. I think it was Chelsea. One game, Shall when Kane wasn't playing, it was. Not point nine eight. That's poor. That was absolutely poor. I don't, I don't even want to get and into what Mourinho and whatever he's doing so, there. Like I don't want to get into it. But yeah, not so, like. So my strategy for FPL is cheap strikers. Um, I have Bamford and Watkins, and expensive midfielders, high-caliber midfielders, mm. and decent defenders. Three defenders, five midfielders, the points are in the midfield, and obviously get some decent to average or above-average strikers, mm. and it should be fine. 
Well, for, for me, like, uh, I, I actually jumped on the Gundogan train early enough, so he's been giving me points. I forgot to change my captains this week, so I'm still I'm still with the captains from last week. I captained Fernandez and uh, Bamford gave me some points, and he was my vice captain last week. You know, that's that's actually someone that's been in my team since the jump. Bamford. Calvert Lewin, Bruno Fernandez, Wambisaka, they've been the constants in my team. Especially now that Wambisaka seems to be getting like some like or that he's gotten a few goals and assists. I was looking, I was thinking to drop him off for sure. Uh, but yeah. This week though, like the the Calvin Lewin injury made me go for Ollie Watkins. Didn't pay off too well. But Madison is back in my team now, which is great. Uh, he's getting some points. But yeah, Gundogan would have been nice to captain him or triple captain him because I don't have my triple captain yet. I need to get Benderak the fuck out of my team. But yeah, I had Son for a while as well. But yeah. Didn't waste time dropping him. Had Salah for one weekend. Didn't pay off. Dropped him. Um, I put on Cavani. Paid up. Paid off two weekends in a row. But this weekend clearly didn't pay off. Um, Fabianski is always my keeper. Then I get someone else. This season is Patricio. But yeah, I recently added John Stones to it, and he's paid off quite well. But yeah. I think I'm doing all right. Uh, I like at least the leagues I've joined. I'm doing all right in it. Um, overall points seem to be higher than I usually get. I'm within the top one minute. Sorry. How many points do you have? I'm not going to disclose that on the podcast for safer. Like I need to save face in case it's actually not as good as I actually think it is. But um, I think it's pretty good because I'm in the 1 million. I fall in the top 1 million rank. So I think that's all right. <laughs> Let's see how it goes, Sha. Let's see how it goes. I hope I can. It seems like Werner is back on form. So, or well, not on form, but it seems like he's scoring again. So I might bring him in. Who knows? But yeah. Nah, I haven't, right, had, I haven't had anyone from Arsenal in a while. But yeah, guys, I think we've gone on for too long. I think our, our listeners are probably going to turn off after like a while. I think we've enjoyed ourselves too much. Yeah, I think we passed the one hour mark. Nah, I don't think nah, I don't think we did that. But yeah, and besides, thank God for editing. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for joining on this joining us this week. We'll see you again next week, hopefully, with another episode. All right, guys guys have a good week and we'll see you after the european games until then peace bye-bye